Welcome to The Uncertainties, the podcast for 20-somethings who don't quite have their shit together yet. I'm your host, Karis, and I started this podcast because the last few years have been a huge learning curve for me. Entering the world of work, moving out of my family home, trying and often failing to live up to the challenges of being a fully-fledged adult. It can be overwhelming at the best of times, and I know that I'm not the only person who feels like this because I'm going to be speaking to a bunch of my friends and people that I admire about the struggles that they have faced and how they are able to absolutely smash life. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Uncertainties. I'm Ellie. And I'm Karis. And you are joining us today on International Women's Day! Oh my god. How how has your International Women's Day been, Karis? You know what? It's been it's been okay. It's been quite nice. Um I what have I done? I mean it's definitely I've had some really lovely messages which I've loved. Um I don't know if you did you see it that um Serena Williams um read out the poem, the Kipling poem, no. if Oh, no. And that's been circulating and it's quite powerful um, and I loved it. But it's very interesting because Holly obviously works for an NGO and um, she made a really good point, which is, of course, we should be celebrating like everything and all of the milestones that, that we've achieved in the last, you know, well, since forever. But, you know, there are still millions, if not billions of women who are... You, still struggling to achieve equal rights you know uh, millions of people who are still um having fgm and all of these things and that we definitely should celebrate where we are but also look forward to like what we still need to do i think and just like highlight the issues that are still in our society or not even our society but in all societies so and actually we're in a very fortunate um demographic and group um where yeah, we are lucky that that we feel like a a lot has been done, and there is so much more conversation about it. But you know, mm. we talk a lot as well, uh, don't we, about sort of being in an echo chamber. So yes, we might go on Instagram and have a day like International Women's Day, and just think like, oh my god, yeah, like you know, we we we're there, but of course we're not there because yeah. we, we're we're there in very specific ways um what have you been up to recently have you been consuming anything fun tv books films what have i well well to be honest so today uh as those of you who will know international women day also happened to fall on the day that schools went back oh my god of course. Lockdown. so today was day one having all the little kiddies back in the classroom were they absolutely buzzing yeah, they were so excited, but they were also just like shell shocked. Honestly, there was a one point where I was just looking at the class, and they all just looked like they'd been they'd been hit over the head with an incredibly large, heavy frying pan. But yeah, so that was um. So I am, um, I that's that's been my day. I've been at school. I um, I'm also on day two of my period, which nothing makes you feel more like a woman than being oh. on day two of your period. In your daily flow. Oh, it is day two. It's absolutely killer for me. See, killer. day one, day one for me, for sure. No, day one's like child's play for me. Day two is like we are talking trips to the loo once every 20 minutes, half an hour, honestly. Wow. Do you know what's really interesting is not me, but Sam was talking about your heavy flow yesterday. <laughs> oh my god. 
that's such an indicator that I talk about it far too much. Well, because I was, I don't even, I honestly, I would love to now remember how that entire conversation came up. Oh no, I think I was like, you know, I have quite, I don't really have a very heavy flow in comparison. And I said, oh, in comparison to some people, like they literally have to go to the loo maybe yeah like once once every hour if not less and so I was like yeah Ellie Roberts and I was like sorry how the hell do you Thank know you, that yes, some of us as I'll show you here have to sleep on a towel for the entire <laughs> period yeah, of their it. period yeah yeah yeah. It's yeah. A lot. yeah so what have you been consuming recently you know, I was thinking about that earlier, and I think that I've got, um, there's a real dichotomy going on in terms of what I'm engaged. There are two main things that I'm engaging with at the moment, um, at this stage of lockdown. Number one, Trixie and I, um, my housemate, uh, we are re-watching all of series two of Love Island. Okay. Yeah. Series and we're two, seriously specific. Yeah. Who's um, in series two? I actually don't even know. I don't think I saw the, the first two. It's the classic one with um. Well, you might not know these names with um. Cara and Nathan and yeah. Olivia and Alex. Yeah, because Cara and Nathan are still together. They have a baby, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And so are Olivia and Alex. Oh my god! Yeah. So, yeah. Olivia, Olivia the blondie. Olivia the blondie. Exactly. Yeah. So oh um. So we have. Oh, I bet that is a good series. Yeah. So we're like. Well, I mean, it's a mild obsession. We, it's pretty much when I get back from work, it's the first thing we do, and we do it literally until we go to bed. Like I'd say, we're averaging like two and a half episodes a night to be honest at the moment. Good stats. Yeah, pretty good stats. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I mean, it's it's pretty heated. We are just um living through the time when Zara slept with Alex. Um, is it the, is that the infamous Zara blowjob incident? Yeah, when then she loses her Queen GB. Uh, oh my god! But honestly, <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I've got <laughs> so bad. I think about I think about I remember when hearing that when it first happened, and I think hopefully I've grown as a woman because honestly I have such a problem with the way that both parties were treated, with the horrendous judgment that Zara dealt with. With like yeah. gave up on the first night. Oh, you're such an idiot. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? It was all about the woman sort of yeah. almost giving up like the sex, you know, and like it was a sign of weakness or stupidity. And for the guy, it wasn't even seen as a, you know, as 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 anything that that could have been slightly seen as wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. And oh God, just just it just reinforced to me like that horrifically analyzed misogyny exactly double standard that we all mother effing face oh yeah no completely it's ridiculous um you'll, you'll never guess the other thing that i've been watching which Trixie has not been watching with me okay oh oh because so, i've actually well, become really into something recently i can just never guess with you what it's gonna it's be a, i know what i know what you're gonna say you ready for it yep cricket uh, I should have known. I should have known. Hold on for one second, okay? So I've I've tried to get into cricket in the past for, for a multitude of reasons, and I've never really, it's never really been able to grasp me. I've sort of been like, yeah, I've seen the T20, I've done this and that, like, 
but it's never grasped me. For some reason, over the last three weeks, I have been completely hooked by it. Really? Completely. What's going on? Is there a test thing happening? Yeah, so England have been playing in India. Okay. And and obviously Jack has been playing, Ben's brother. Yeah. So I we st- I started getting into it over half term during during one of the tests and um the, the third test and um kind of to start with was kind of watching it just to like because Ben was watching it and I was just like you know I'll just sit here and then all of a sudden before I knew it I was sort of waking up and being like come on it's pot on the cricket um and just wanted to like understand everything about it and was just like so absorbed by it and then it ended and I was gutted then it was only about five days before the next test started um. And then when the next test started, I was back at work, but doing remote learning. And I was genuinely doing things like, like normally I'd always have lunch in the staff room. And I was like going downstairs, to like heat up my lunch and then ran back upstairs and just sat at my desk watching the cricket for a full hour just by myself eating my lunch. Good Lord. And I've even taken it, I've taken it one <laughs> step further. I'm actually watching a documentary on Amazon Prime called The Test. Oh, sweet. Follows the 2018 Australian cricket team. Uh, Have you got this deep so fast? (laughs) I don't understand. I've been, I watch the cricket now by myself. It's not even like I just watch it with Ben. Like I watch it by myself. I just, out of all of the sports, cricket to me, no offence to Ben and his brother. I'm sure his brother is incredibly talented. Seems like the most boring one. Paris, okay. (laughs) I just need you to believe me when you when I say it's a misunderstood sport, okay? It's fully misunderstood. I just, I just don't get it. I don't understand. I used to think five days playing one match. Like, are you joking? And now I'm like, why isn't it ten? Wow. Honestly. God, how? Like, what? I wonder what kind of switch flicked. I don't know. That's... Maybe, maybe it's like I've never really been into watching sport, any kind of sport. Football mm. bored me, you know. Rugby bores me. Like when people watch pool, I'm like, are you really? Oh my god, yeah. There are so many that don't get me, but cricket. And then I got obsessed with with wanting to learn how to play. So like over (laughs) half term, I was like, honestly, I was like trying to learn how to bowl. Fuck out a a wicket. Is that what honestly? It is called wicket, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Like I was trying to get my I was trying to like spin bowl. Honestly, I don't know what's happened to me, but I'm really into it. Wow. That and my is dad really left field. I mean, my dad is literally, I think Oh, I bet he's absolutely like, buzzing that you're he's over the moon. I don't think he's ever been as proud of me. <laughs> Your bond has never been stronger. No. He just like and now like he sends me a text being like, Can't believe you know Bearstow's out for a duck. And I'm like, oh my god, lol, I know. And how good was pants bowling? Listen to me. Who am I? Oh, I literally, I've, I actually have developed an eye twitch just from hearing you say that sentence. That was so, that was a lot. <laughs> oh my God. This is going to be one of those things you're going to look back in a year and not give a fuck about cricket no. this episode and be like, what a weird time. Paris, no, I want <laughs> this to be different. We had. <laughs> I want this to be different. With my kids today, we were talking about like, what is it? What have some of the benefits of lockdown been and what have we taken from it and what do we want to continue with? And I, I said, right, I'll start, guys. Number one, dye my eyebrows. I said this to my year sixes. I said, dye my eyebrows is number one. I've taken from lockdown, and I will continue doing it. Number two, cricket. They all looked really just, like, confused when I said dyeing my eyebrows. So the juxtaposition between those two things, dyeing my eyebrows and cricket, like... I will never spend £16 
tinting my eyebrows again when I can yeah, do it in my true. bathroom once a week for a fraction of the price. I mean, yeah, it's it's I'm daylight robbery. Of, once you know. Yeah, I'm thinking of opening up a salary. A, a salary? A salon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of opening up a salon. There was one um, hilarious moment in lockdown one where my mum and I uh, both bought hot wax and we decided to, I decided to try and hot wax my bikini line. Um... Okay, I, I thought you were going to say you were going to hot wax your mum's bikini <laughs> line. And I was like, I am not ready for this story. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. I did my own. Um, and let me tell you, I... There's no chance in hell you'll catch me bikini wax, bikini waxing, hot waxing my bikini. Hot waxing, yeah. And you know what? It's really hard to try and get that, that wax the right temperature. It, it, it's, you know, it really quickly moves into just being... Um, sort of just scolding your just, just scolding way too hard. Just, way um... too hard. <laughs> Pretty sure I blistered my asshole. <laughs> I didn't actually. <laughs> anyway, as you can probably um, imagine, that was mine. the beginning. That was the beginning the, and the end of my waxing career, and I will never go back. That is something I will pay good money. My like, genitals are a battlefield at this point. <laughs> Complete warfare down there. Yeah, you don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, at one point I basically stuck myself to the bathroom floor. Oh my god! I... <laughs> there was wax everywhere. Honestly, I that you know I think one of the reasons that I kind of stopped shaving a lot of my body, like some of it is just for reasons why you know I can't be bothered and I really don't feel like I should have to. You know, if I don't care about my body hair, then it shouldn't be anyone else's problem. Yeah. Um, but also like, well, I just, it is one of the most dull jobs in the entire world. Yeah. When I wake up and, and, and I think, oh, maybe I should do this or do, I just think, God, there are so many other things I'd rather be doing with my time. Mm-hmm. Um, we should talk a little bit about uh, International Women's Day. We should, because actually, Karis, I have some questions for you. No, you, no way. I do. I no, actually have them. No way. I'm just going to open up my notes here, and I'm going to ask you a few questions. Because actually, do you know what, Karis? I will. I will say that you are a woman who I find incredibly inspiring. Oh my God, you yeah. are also a woman that I find incredibly inspiring. And I'm not just saying that because you said it to me. Well, now you're just saying it because I said it. No, no, no. But when, when I did have a little uh, time to reflect earlier about the women that I find inspiring in my life, you were absolutely one of them. Oh my um, God. So I thought, what better thing to do on International Women's Day than to ask a woman that I find inspiring, yourself, uh, a few questions about being a woman. So are you ready for question one, Karis? Yes. What do you like about being a woman? What do I like about being a woman? So many things. I think there is something so incredibly special about, and I I mean, I've spoken about this before, but just like female friendship and the way that women are able to kind of rally uh, behind one another and support one another, I think is something that's unbelievably special and something that you don't, it, it's just in a completely different category to to men I think mm-hmm. you know um yeah I think we just have such a an amazing um way of yeah just really like holding one another 
in difficult times and being able and I think a really special way of empathizing as well mm-hmm. I think um I agree I think I think um in general I agree with you where I just think female friendships are, are just um and I don't I don't want to make a, a massive generalization because I know male friendships can can look different in lots of different forms yeah. but there is something just different about a female friendship and just you're right that closeness and that like yeah. how open they they and I think I think that is the main fault of the patriarchy patriarchy sorry is um how they engineer things to pit women against each other because I think they know that if women you know if if we didn't feel this kind of comparison how strong and how like fucking epic it would basically be if we didn't ever have that that problem of women feeling like we have to fight against each other and how women are always constantly compared I know and and I don't know about you and I this is one of those things that is slightly uncomfortable to admit but I think it's really important to admit it is like I sometimes catch myself just like automatically um, in my mind putting another woman down or or feeling that horrible, you know, uncomfortable feeling of, of envy or jealousy and then yeah. almost sometimes trying to make myself feel better but think, oh, yeah, but I'm, you know, and I think that is something that we have, like you said, it's been engineered. You know, we have been, we have grown up and been conditioned to, to yeah, like you said, to, to sort of turn against each other and try and seek other women's downfalls in order to kind of uh, feel better about ourselves. Yeah, and like validate ourselves. Yeah. And- oh, just, it's just so sad that so often it ends up manifesting itself in terms of physical appearance. Mm. You know, like like that's all anyway. Women are sort of there for. Um, we're, we're only here to to look at, to look a certain way. So so we're sometimes programmed in our you know, and I sometimes do this. Like I will, without even meaning to, I will pass judgment on on a woman's appearance and I do it so much more than I do men oh completely yes and actually I've even noticed that with things like and also you know that constant aspect of comparison like I've noticed it watching Love Island and this is why I wanted to you know one of the huge sort of downfalls of that kind of show is that you know you just end up constantly you're judging the women on the show in terms of how they act and what they wear and you're then also constantly comparing yourself to them whether that's you know in a positive or a negative manner it's no tiring. no tiring. completely I think um the I mean when you think about it the entire I mean there are so many industries that are literally built upon um reinforcing really negative images to women and like negative ideals of of women and um femininity and and womanhood like the entire kind of beauty industry really is is built upon how women feel as though they have to put on a face to make themselves seem acceptable. Like how many people genuinely feel like they can leave the house not wearing any makeup and feel professional? I've been told that I, I went to work once without any makeup on and I was told that I didn't look professional. Like that is a complete double standard. It, it honestly but, baffles me. And 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 do you know that you know the most the most frustrating thing about that situation is if if because because I would have the same you know I I would told, be told that I looked kind of ill and tired and scruffy yeah. and and the frustrating thing is if we looked or if sorry I can't speak for you if I looked a different way if I naturally had bigger eyes or I naturally had darker hair on my face or I naturally had uh, redder lips or pinker cheeks then it it wouldn't be a question so it's also just to do with with. Not only us being women, but also 
there being this standard of beauty that's acceptable. And if you don't naturally look that bar, then yeah. Oh, but I mean, this is such a huge problem. It is, we live in, fat phobia is completely ingrained in our, um, in our society. That fear of putting on weight, that, that, um, that state of mind where basically being slightly heavier equals being less attractive or, you know, Mm. so many people have that ingrained in, in, in the way that they think and the way that they approach food and the way that they judge others and oh my god it is it's so damaging and it's really I mean it's so dangerous and I think there there are so many um so many people who are doing amazing things for like the body positivity oh my god yeah you've got Lizzo and I mean I'm saying Lizzo and I'm like about to reel off a whole list I'm like Lizzo (laughs) and Lizzo and Lizzo's doing a really good job as well just like have you heard of someone called Lizzo but um but you know, I think I think it's hard for our generation and 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 millennials generally because we grew up in the era of like heroin chic. Like yeah, it was so glamorized to be so like I know so skinny that you look like you were on heroin. That's not okay. Like that's so yeah. fucked up. <laughs> and and also this slightly sort of like uh, like. And diet um, pills as well. Do you, do you remember like Nicole oh, yeah. Richie and yeah, yeah, yeah. Lohan being on diet pills? And what always, what I, and I still think is an issue, um, is, is sort of infantilism. You know, the, the way that, that women are still in, you know, advertising and, and what's seen as attractive is that like incredibly young looking face, those big eyes, that, you know, advertising, it's always plays on sort of the women looking like innocent and, and well, and incredibly skinny. Mm. Totally. I mean, it's just perpetuating these incredibly damaging, um, well, the way the way that women are viewed and and then treated and. No, completely. I um I actually watched something. I will link it because I think it's it's uh quite fun, like funny, but only because it's uh, a complete satire. But um, it's called Leading Lady. Did you see it? And um, it's got like Gemma Arterton. Um. Oh my god! Oh, I did see it. It was great. Yeah, the, and it, in in the um in the audition, exactly. And yeah, it's like, that was really yeah, yeah. No, can you can you um just be sex like just be a bit more sexy, but like not that you want to have loads and loads of sex, but just like enough sex that's like she wants it, but like she doesn't really want it because she wants to be really innocent. And it's just the the constant um like oxymoronic way that women are meant to be it's like no 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 you need to be sexual but not too promiscuous you need to be like really have like massive boobs but also be sticks like stick thin and it's just like in what what how have we constructed this this impossible image it's highlighting this sort of like I said these constant dichotomies that women are, are put in the position of where we're trying to be one thing and trying to be the other and it's it's just highlighting the fact that so many people believe that women are there basically to to be something else someone else if you yeah like you we're we're, con- we're we're basically um constantly fueling like the male gaze aren't we and um, and i think a lot of the time also it's sort of playing on the idea of like women as vulnerable and like yeah. yes in a lot of ways we are vulnerable in terms of like you know safety and uh, sexual harassment and and you know we are vulnerable in that way but don't then like um don't play off that, you know, mm. it's not something that should be, we shouldn't be seeking that out to, to show the woman as being vulnerable. We no. don't need to further perpetuate that. 
No, not at all. I read something, and I, again, I'm, I feel like I'm going to completely butcher this, so I apologise. But oh, was it you that sent it to me? Maybe it was. And it was um, this whole uh, notion that we should change the discourse around um, sexuality, not sexuality, well, yeah, sexuality, but virginity, and that you shouldn't, we should change the phrase so that instead of it being about losing your virginity, because it's that idea of that loss of innocence and that, like, almost when women lose their virginity it's like being corrupted and it I don't know there's there's so many kind of connotations about that um and that instead we should we should completely rephrase that to losing your virginity to being like gaining your sexual liberation or something um because I think that it again plays into that role of like that female sexual innocence that has been so like kind of yeah as you say like um like celebrated and also yeah like fantasized about in yeah yeah yeah. but but the the depressing thing I also think is that so often um the way that that women normally do end up having sex for the first time like I wish I could say that for most of the people I knew that they're the first time they had sex was like them you know gaining their sexuality but god I I don't know many Uh, women horrendous yeah I don't know many women who have had such a comfortable first experience where they have been you know where where it's happened in in a certain way where they were able to feel safe and able to feel you know and and a lot of people would say well that's their choice but also you know boy well I was gonna say boys should be educated you know about how how it's 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 men and women also you know they've they've shown haven't they that actually um psychologically men and women um respond differently to sex so yeah. you know boys should be educated that that sex for them might be something might be different for a woman and that that yeah. needs to still be protected and that needs to well yeah it just needs to it needs to just be considered more basically yes totally just thought, just thought more about yeah, again, with porn, porn is like a, such a big problem when it comes to how men perceive sex and sexual experiences, isn't it? Like, And do you know and- what that's reminded me of? That is one aspect that I was disappointed by Bridgerton. I was disappointed that they did the classic thing again of a, of a girl losing her virginity, a girl who in Bridgerton is meant to be, what, 16? Losing her virginity yeah. and it being this like, amazing like she you know she comes the first time they have sex I mean bloody hell I can yeah I know. I'd love to meet the women in the world who literally had an orgasm the first time they had sex because <laughs> on like honestly I salute you if that happened to you but yeah. 99% of women would that wouldn't happen and it it frustrates me that girls grow up then being incredibly disappointed by their sexual experience because all they've seen in the media in a film is this like explosive like pleasurable first experience whereas it's not it's awkward it's messy it's painful yeah yeah bleed sometimes you know and just and that's what I was disappointed with Bridgerton because I was like you're doing some good here but also like come on um that leads me nicely Harris onto question (laughs) two oh my god wow sorry that was a real pivot yeah go on (laughs) you ready for question two yes I think so Question two, Karis, is what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given by a woman? Oh, my goodness. The best. Now, this is hard to think of on the spot because it's this quite a specific really question. Hard. 
But you know what? I think this really plays in. I mean, you probably all heard when I had my episode with Shay on that I was like completely silent because I was essentially just blown away the whole time and I had to like really process everything that she said. But I think there was so much incredible advice there as a as a woman in terms of um, vulnerability. Um, and I think her conversations about vulnerability are so interesting and um yeah just just that idea that I think it's taken me however lot like 25 years to come to understand is vulnerability is power um and yeah that we that we don't also the multifacetedness of women and ourselves like we don't have to show ourselves as being strong or being this or being that especially I think as a as a mixed race person, um, there's an image of of black women as being strong and kind of almost unemotional. Mm-hmm. I think that over time I've realized that it's like just to completely undermine that um, and that vulnerability is, is really powerful um, for, for lots of things in terms of human connection um, and just personally I think um like feeling closer to yourself I think vulnerability is is so important and then another thing that she mentioned is um yeah that that whole idea of of comparison especially with other women and that idea that yeah yes it's it is going to be unfortunately quite an organic thought to to feel that comparison and sometimes you will have that where you'll see someone and think god that person is just always doing well god and you'll get frustrated but don't don't allow that to yeah like kind of almost like don't be blinded by that Mm -hmm, celebrate mm -hmm. that person's success and see that as a milestone that you yourself can achieve Yeah, yeah yeah and I really found that so interesting it's like god basically it's kind of it's reworking the way that you think, isn't it? It's like, instead of feeling that horrible, like jealousy and envy towards people, celebrate their success and yeah, see that as a milestone, see that as as something that you can see to achieve for yourself because it is possible mm-hmm. for yourself. Absolutely. I thought those are two really good things. Oh yeah, absolutely. And do you know what that um really reminds me of? Um, That second point you were making about, you know, that, that sort of... um that automatic thought we have sometimes where we just, you know, we see someone and we, we, we pass that judgment. Yeah. And um, one thing that my, um, the person that I speak to about my sort of eating and body image, um, one thing that, that, that really reminded me of um, was she says that, you know, when, when we look at ourselves or we look at someone else, that, in, that, that first impulse, that first thought that we get, that is like a knee-jerk reaction, you know? Mm-hmm. That's just like the, the thought that comes immediately that we don't have any control over. But what we do have control over is then the second thought we have. So if we if we train ourselves to recognise that, okay, that was the impulsive thought that I had, that was the automatic thought that I had, you know, for a number of different reasons, maybe conditioning, you know, there could be anything. Um, but then it's that, it's the taking the time to, it's taking the time to then actually th- actively think the second thought, the combative mm. thought, um, that actually that's how real change is made. You know, you're almost changing the the way that like you're... Like cognitive, isn't it? Like, yeah, you're changing yeah. the wiring. You know, you're, you're, you're changing the way that your brain then processes it. And what you'll yeah, notice over time is that your, your immediate thought, that impulse thought, actually, that changes as well. Mm. 
Yeah. And I thought that was I thought that was an amazing piece of advice that I had. Yeah. I think you can turn that inwards on yourself, but you can also think about that in terms of how you view others. Totally, totally. Yeah, challenging your thoughts. I think that's so uh, such a really good point because um, sometimes I think we think of our thought. We're like our thoughts are fact, and actually, there's our thoughts are just like a lot of organic matter that's like constantly happening all the time, and it's what you choose to fixate on. Yeah, that's that's the important thing. It's like okay, I maybe I have had that slightly problematic thought, but. If I'm challenge, if I'm constantly challenging myself, I don't have to take that thought as fact and be like, that horrible thought I had in my head is everything. Just being like, no, challenge that, and start as you say, like just completely rewire yeah, your brain. It's yeah. like a very powerful thing. It, yeah, it takes a lot of a lot of time and and uh, yeah, but yeah that's a really good piece of advice yeah I it's one it's one that she said and immediately like I just thought god and it it sounded so simple I'm sure a lot of people who who listen will just think like well yeah obviously you know you think one thing and then you think another thing but but actually it's it's more than that you know because that's Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a technique for really making that lasting change and and for just trying to well I also I guess it shows it's um it's like a it's a love you know it's a um an aspect of mindfulness as well I guess Mm. um being mindful because because it's that it's that um recognizing a thought kind of accepting it and then and then sort of choosing what you do after that yeah but I I it was something that as soon as she said it I was like god that really that is something that is so simple yeah that you can take with you sort of every single day yeah totally no I think that's an amazing one what um for you what who is uh, a female or a woman who inspires you the most do you know what because I was thinking about this earlier and and I think I've been quite lucky in a way I think I've I've come across so many amazing strong inspiring people in my life but I think someone who from an early age was has just had such a huge impact and and I mean in a slightly frustrating way I feel like has just always been one step ahead of me in sort of my journey and development is my sister, my older sister. Um, You know, she's someone from a young age who I think she like enabled me to just see, she was one of the first people who just like allowed me to start seeing things differently. She was Mm -hmm. the first person that allowed me to see that it was possible to... um, be outside of and of what a woman should look like she was the first person who sort of showed me that you could completely change your mind about something or do some you know quit something halfway through and do something completely different um and sort of deal with all of the uh like the discomfort that comes with that both within yourself and and how others view you um and yeah I and, you know, she's older as well. So I think I need to give myself a break. And rather than being like, she's always been one step ahead of me on that. You know, she's she's six years older. So yeah, you know, it comes it makes with sense. age and maturity and being more yeah. in tune with yourself and more comfortable with yourself. Yeah. But but she um, and I think she's always been absolutely amazing in the way that she has challenged me on things in such a supportive way. She's never challenged me about anything I've said or anything I've done. Um, in like a way where I feel like I've failed or I'm doing something wrong 
she's she's always just done it in exactly the right way that even if at the time I might get slightly defensive about it um you know she's still kind when I become defensive and has just allowed me then to like come to really understand what she said like uh, over time um until until basically I think she recognizes that like when she said some things I haven't I actually just haven't really been ready to listen and I haven't been ready to take it on um so I think the way that she's approach those situations as well is just yeah I just think she's such a great person yeah such a great woman right this will be your final international women's day question okay Ah, okay right what changes do you hope to see for women or and you know there's quite a few I'm sure what is if you could wave a magic wand or and or or if you could think right I'm going to focus my attentions on one key thing to change for women Oh Could you God. pick one? I know that's a really hard question. One thing. And and that's not you then saying that all like, the other things that we've discussed don't count as much. But no, I just want no, to know, no. you know, is there one thing that you just think, this is something that I really... And it could be even something... God, I sound like a teacher now, don't I? When I ask a question, I'm like, it could be, guys. Basically, you could do. But you could, Karis, uh, pick something that you feel like you could actually um, sort of you could have a real impact on, you know, something that you feel like you could be in control of making, you know, a small or a large step towards. Oh, God. God, I don't know if there's anything that I personally... Is there something that I personally can do? I kind of want to take the agency out of it because I feel like... often we get really, like, um, hung up on things that affect us personally and yeah, then yeah, don't yeah. think about things that are affecting so many other people mm-hmm. but I, that's really difficult because I can't I kind of want to be like trick question equality bitch that it's like that just that covers everything <laughs> but I'm, which is obviously what I do want yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah I feel like that might that's probably not um specific enough um oh god education I think I would love are you just uh, saying that because I'm a teacher no 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 but I genuinely I genuinely in my heart of hearts believe that knowledge is power and if you yeah every every person has the right to education and yeah if if every I would love in like the next 10 years I mean sad to even say that 10 years is a long time but for every single young girl woman anyone to have education have have access to education um because I think yeah that's that's the that's the beginning step isn't it to to every opportunity Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like a good education as well yeah and it makes it it makes things so much you know rather than then having to sort of reteach people how to think and how to you know if you start early and, and and you're you're educating and informing those girls and and not even it's doesn't it's not just about women you know it's about informing and educating men as well yeah um, totally. then yeah no I do I think that's I think that's a really good one Karis and yeah. you know what challenge accepted I'll do my best <laughs> you got it you that that was all on you Ellie you're, <laughs> you're you said up. you want to take the agency out of it and just pop it on me <laughs> That's what I call shifting the blame. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's also because I, I um, recently read Girl with the Louding Voice 
And if you haven't um, watched it, if you haven't read it, it's so good. And it's all about this young girl who comes from this um, this quite small rural Nigerian village and um it explores a lot but it's like she's you know it's like child marriage she gets married really young um again for like uh financial reasons and her one wish the entire time is to 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 go to school to be educated because she she knows how much how important it is and how many opportunities that she's going to get and yeah I don't know it just it was such a good book I cannot begin to describe how it was so good I would recommend oh it to God, anybody right, that's going right that's going right in my basket it's amazing. Right uh, honestly the characterization of that girl and I'm really annoyed that I can't remember the name of the the name of the protagonist but because it's it's so good because her English girl with the the girl with the louding voice by Abby Dari oh, it's God. so good and I think it just complete. It's the perfect kind of novel that reinforces that that point that um, that education is just so important. So yeah, I'm going to say educate education, 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 education. What's yours? You know that moment where you realise you've been asking questions and you're like, hmm. Turn it back on me, have you? Okay, I feel you. I feel you. Um, the old question, the old switcheroo. Yeah. I think, and, and again, I'm actually doing the opposite kind of of what you said, where I'm actually just like fully going to just like, just, I'm I'm purely thinking about it just in terms of like what matters to me at the moment. But, you know, yeah. I don't think that's a terrible place to start because we're more likely to, to change something, I think, if we are, mm. if we feel, you know, passionate about it. Yeah, um, But I think. Oh no! See now, but uh, now you've said education. Anything I say sounds shit. It doesn't. No, sound no, 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 no. Oh uh, no! I know exactly what this is. Thank you, Cass, for asking. I'm very excited now to give my answer. Okay. Um, it is about the language we use and the discourse that we have around uh, gender. So yeah. the use of what terms like "man up," "don't be a pussy." I am not saying, and I've ugh, the reason I'm going into this now is because I have had this conversation where I've had this conversation with a man and they've automatically mm. said I'm not sexist if I say that and I'm like I'm not calling you sexist if you say that what I'm saying is language matters language it does really matters if yeah. children grow up associating don't be a pussy with don't be weak don't be a wuss then they grow up with the association of a, a vagina equating weakness which means that they grow up subconsciously without even realizing that they think women are weaker than men. And mm. all we are doing is, is just, oh, it just magnifies this problem that we have with this, you know, this difference between men and women and how women are seen, you know, don't throw like a girl, you know, you could reel them off. There are so yeah. many different ways. Do you remember that- um, where in English language, we did a whole module on how sexist language is. Yeah. And again, yeah. language is the way that you interpret the world. So this is, yeah. this it's really important. But like yeah. every, do you remember it was like, oh, every, I can't think of like, oh my God, why can't I think of any example now? But language is so gendered and it's so sexist that every for every word that you have, the female variation of it, it's like... It's like an addition. It's an addition, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you're like like going against the norm. Exactly. Waitress. Yeah. Air hostess. Like, I was thinking air hostess, and then I was like, is that right? <laughs> is an air host, I think. No, but, but it is completely... No, yeah. 
and and, and and that's exactly it. It's like it it it's pre- like yeah, it it perpetuates sexism because language is the way that you interpret life, interpret the world. And if it's yeah. if it's inherently sexist, then and and it and it frustrates me so much when I end up having conversations with people who say things like, "Oh my god, just because I say man up doesn't think doesn't mean that I actually be- think that men are stronger than women." And I'm like, "But you're missing the point. That's not the point. The point is that language, like, it embeds itself sort of um, subconsciously into, like we were talking about before, you know, that the signals in the brain, how we're wired." And, and we don't realise the impact that that has subconsciously on yeah. the way that we then do see men and women. And I'm not asking, um, but I'm, you know, I'm not saying, right, it should be against the law to say those, those terms. What I'm saying is, I just wish people were more open-minded to, to just yeah. challenge themselves. And be more considered it. about Check the language. Themselves. Yeah. Do that exercise that we were talking about. I started doing it. I started, um, anytime I found myself about to, about to say something like, oh, like, Oh, get you know, grow some balls, or or any you know. I mean, it sounds so foreign, honestly. Me not saying that because I can't. I can't remember the last time I said that. But but when I sort of started this sort of process, um, it was very much a case of uh, checking myself and being like, oh God, I was about to say man up. Like, I wonder why I was going to say that. You know, actually, I'm going to choose to say don't be a wuss instead because yeah. it does. That's not gendered and. And what you find slowly is that you just automatically stop using those terms because, because you've re, you know you've rewired really in a way. Yeah. Um, and I guess that that so to answer your question, that would be my thing. If people just spent a little bit more time um, being aware of the language they use and just actively trying to challenge it, um, you know, I think it would have such. I, I really think it would have. If we could have in in ten years time children growing up in a world where things terms like don't throw like a girl grow some balls if those terms just weren't used I really think it could it could impact how 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 girls grow up and how yeah. women then sort of see themselves and see other women yeah. I also find it so baffling that uh that yeah like um equating pussy and being weak because childbirth is like just the most like indescribable pain this is obviously someone who has obviously never gone through childbirth like but women put like put themselves through so much like physical hardship that men will never understand and and the vagina and the is, vagina is incredible it's like, it's like one how of, can you call that weak that is baffling to me i know and you know what karis i'm so glad you said that because i'm gonna play us out i'm gonna play <laughs> us out with words from the wonderful rupee curl i'm just gonna get her up okay and i am going to read you her one of her most recent poems love it actually i was sick i was about to say that it's called pussy but it's it doesn't actually have a name but um you ready for dramatic reading? I'm I'm so ready. Oh, but the pussy is brave, lest we forget how much pain the pussy can take, how much pleasure it delivers unto itself and others. Remember how it spit you out without a flinch. Now here you are using the word pussy like an insult when you're not even strong enough to be one. Oh. No. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, guys. <laughs>
it's been a pleasure having you on honestly we've, we've absolutely loved this um <laughs> I actually have. This has been great. I've really enjoyed yeah. it. No, no, no. This has actually been so lovely. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Thank you. Joining me, celebrating women. I, know. I hope that this is um, this has empowered a lot of people and also just yeah, just sharing the love, just spreading yeah. the love. I fully feel it. It's International Women's um, Month as well. So I know that this isn't going to come out on on International Women's Day, but, you know. Still relevant. Still it's hella relevant. Basically, International Women's Day every day. So fuck it. Yeah. And um, we will be back with another episode very soon. See you guys soon. Bye. Bye.